Alright, technical difficulties to start the show as always, but we're live with episode number 12 of Do The Move. My name is Chad, joined here by Mr. Richie Buckets himself, Mr. Bob, and J-Dog. Welcome everybody. Uh, got anything we want to say to start off the show here? Shout out to Luigi Primo, making that bread. <laughs> Making that money, baby. He makes the best pizza. Tony Khan did a previous air quotes run-in a couple weeks ago talking down me. But I think he heard the end of our show last week where I kept asking, can we get more Luigi Primo? Let's talk about him. And I'm just saying, I don't know if it's a coincidence, Bob, but they they got our pizza chef, our boy, on TV this week, Bob. So does Tony Khan listen to our show, in your opinion, Roberto? Hey, man. Fuck Luigi Primo, right? That's what I got to say, man. Luigi Primo, make a best of pizza in the uh, New York. <laughs> but where's a Mario? It's a me, a Mario. That's what I Primo is making non-wrestling fans laugh. That's all it counts. Oh, my God. I talk about him at work. People think it's funny as fuck. All right. Well, episode 12, uh, don't have a lot really to go over this week. Uh, I'm sure there's a lot we could talk about, but obviously everybody else talks about it. So we'll keep it short and sweet. We'll review the week. Um, kind of left our fourth segment as an open segment. So if anybody wants to talk about whatever, we do that. Shoot the shit. Uh, followed by Chef's Kiss and Bone to Pick. So we will get into Raw very briefly um i think i had this on in the background so i didn't really get to catch most of this again apologies in advance um we had bianca belair with alexa bliss and asuka defeat eu sky uh who is joined by bailey and dakota kai seth rollins defeated ray mysterio kevin owens and johnny gargano defeated alpha academy almost defeated joey gibson and greg lester in a two-on-one handicap match Candice LeRae, uh, making her return to the WWE, defeated Nikki Ash. Sami Zayn with Solo Sequoia defeated AJ Styles. And finally, Matt Riddle defeated Damian Priest in the main event. Uh, thoughts on Raw this week, boys? Go ahead, Mr. Joey, if you unmute. Thank you. Uh, I think it's interesting how... This might be the second. I don't know how Braun's debut was done, if it was built up at all, but Johnny's Johnny Gargano's debut was also pretty out of the blue and not mentioned. It just kind of happened. His music played. Candace's debut, same way. Correct me if I'm wrong, Chad. Was Braun's also that way? Just randomly his music played and he just came out? Yeah. Um, it was just like the, you know, his bullshit yeah so I, to the theme and everyone's like okay he's back that's kind of cool I, I, yeah. I think it's interesting that that seems to be triple h's approach now to r- returns um even though th- this is candace's uh main roster debut that it's just kind of thrown in there and it's just another part of the show i don't know how i feel about that given that i feel like a couple of especially braun given about how over he was a few years ago you could advertise this or advertise a surprise i'm not saying go full tony khan on it and be like Big surprise this week on Raw. Better watch. But at the very least, like just throwing it in there randomly, I feel it kind of undersells the the value that some of these characters can give. I don't know if other people have opinions on that. It's very um, underwhelming for sure. Yeah. Like, and I, think so, right I, I, I just really want to see some emphasis given on returns, given that it's a new regime. 
Brian, go ahead, good sir. We're talking about Raw. So personally, you guys are saying that like the uh, the returns are kind of lackluster. I actually like them when they're coming out of the blue. You know, it actually gives me a reason to tune in every Monday, and uh, I get to expect something different. And what's really neat about that, like with Candice's return, uh, I actually like got out of my seat for a second. Like I was leaning back, and then once I heard Candice LeRae's theme, uh, I actually sat up with excitement. So with these returns coming like the way they are. I actually enjoyed it without the uh, like the announcement because I feel like the announcement ruins it. But uh, overall, I'd say you know it gives more uh, of a special feeling for WWE watchers and WWE fans overall. And yeah, that's really all I got to say about like that type of issue. Uh, but Raw as a whole was a very very good show. I, I really enjoyed it and I really enjoyed the build up to Extreme Rules and I'm just Eager to see what happens at the pay-per-view. Well, but, I, yeah, that's all my thoughts. I think before – I'm going to cut Joey off before he goes on. Joey's just saying that we don't have to do all the returns the same way. Like like he said, AEW, they – oh, big fucking surprise this week, and then, you know, it's already been talked about, and we already know what to expect. This is the opposite case where we're just kind of, like, in the moment, like, okay, what's going on, and then, boom, big person reveal – you know, I feel like some of the people who have returned, there should probably be a little more effort. It's just my opinion, especially a big guy like Braun. You know, Johnny Gargano coming back after they've been rumored him going to every fucking promotion under the sun, and then he finally makes his return to the, the main roster. Like, you bring him back after a commercial break? Like, come on. You got to do better than that. I know Triple H will, will get into that for sure. And I'm not saying, right. you know, shit on him for everyone, but, like, right, but, a little a little more creativity is all I'm pushing for. That's all. All right. I'm just, I'm just kind of, like, talking about it in, like, a kayfabe sense where, like, the performers themselves uh, don't really know who's going to be their opponent. Like, Nikki A.S.H. sold it perfectly this week uh, when, with Candice's return, and that's kind of, like, what I expect to see more of. Uh, just like the reactions from the other, like from their opponents will actually sell them and pretty much put over what a big deal that they are. And I feel like Nikki ASH did that to its key, uh, this current week. So, um, that's, that's just how I feel about that. I'm talking more like a kayfabe sense instead of like a fan approach. Richie, why don't you go ahead, buddy? <clears throat> You're muted by the Switch. way. You Can you hear me now? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think Triple H is still trying to find his niche in like how to like coordinate these segments, like as far as like making surprises for for Candice LeRae, which was was a great. I mean, it's it's nice to have surprises in in, in wrestling um, because with all the dirt sheets in today's society, we're all like, oh, we already know who's coming back. I I miss the the ambiguity miss the the thrill of oh my gosh, this person's coming out of the middle of nowhere. That's just me. Um, as as a wrestling fan, and I think because of social media, has really hindered that. And we do look at the dirt sheets as as a podcast and as, as groups collectively, and wish we could ignore them. But I, I did like the approach of like, oh, who's coming out? I mean, even alluding a little bit, like with uh, Soraya's coming back. Like I didn't know she was coming back. Um, I didn't know she was el- eligible to wrestle, but we'll get there. But I, I do like these surprises. Um, yeah. And my, but the going back to to Raw, uh, I think one of the segments, the whole um, Miz and Dexter Loomis thing is just, 
Uh, it's just, yeah, Dexter Lumis is just a creep. Like coming in, I believe they were in what Edmonton. They were in, in Canada, and Canada. How, yeah, they were in Canada. Um, so Loomis was wearing like the goalie mask and then like taking it off and hitting the Miz with the, the hockey stick and then the fans saying "Let's go Oilers" and stuff. That 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 segment that that was a highlight for me. Um, that's all I have to say about Raw. Yeah, uh, it's funny that you brought up like being surprised though too, and I, I'm not saying I want to know going into every show that there's going to be this return or exactly this match. But me and Bobby brought up that same point uh, Wednesday when we were together, um, how we wished it was like when we were kids, you know, not not knowing exactly what's going on, all the, the surprise returns. Like I remember, uh, you know, in like middle school watching Raw in like the early 2000s and like just so much shit going on and like the pay-per-views, like obviously you guys know I'm a big Undertaker fan, but that one was at SummerSlam where uh, – uh, Punk defeated Hart, uh, Jeff Hardy or whatever for the title, and then all of a sudden, like the lights go out and Taker's like under him and like just destroys the shit out of him. I was like marking out, like that, you know, stuff like that's cool. But yeah, uh, Joey. Yeah, and I think to to further support my point about not wanting it always to be just surprise random with no build. Look at how much fun and unique buzz this White Rabbit stuff is getting. Like that is genuine buzz started by fans because it was originally during commercials and these little hints have been growing and growing. 90%, if not more sure, it's going to be Bray Wyatt. But that's been a fun and different kind of build than just randomly just throwing him out there or even just sending out a Twitter commercial being like, the monster among man, Braun Strowman returns on like, be creative and have fun with it like this. Like that is a cool build it's a great take on the song because without like the music in the background, like the instruments, it's extra creepy. And so when we get to extreme rules, I'll mention when I think about white rabbit there, cause that's this Saturday, I believe not a Sunday. Thank goodness. Uh, George, go ahead. Um, just wanted to say, I am so over this white rabbit stuff at this point, it's gotten completely oversaturated. <laughs> It's completely oversaturated on social media. Every dirt sheet's talking about it. Every hack on the internet's got their theory about it. I'm so over it at this point. Just get it over with. I've uh, I've been I've been following that pretty heavily, and the things that they've been doing with it is definitely like I would say unlike anything any other promotion's been done before. Um, it's kind of already spoiled for me in the sense of some of like the QR codes, people have been, uh, kind of taking some of the audio files and playing with them. And, um, you know, you can definitely hear whose voice it is saying, you know, some of the things. So I already know who it is. I think it's cool. Um, you know, but to our point, you know, they're doing this for one guy, maybe, maybe not quite in depth but do this for other people too so we'll see yeah i'm just i'm excited i'm excited for who it supposedly is and personally it's my favorite it's it's my favorite build so far i mean out of all of wrestling today it's personally my favorite approach with building somebody up and i'm just it makes me eager to see who it is here so and and we could switch from raw after this but what i'm trying to add here is that it is something where I don't like the fact that everybody's talking about it to me is a really big plus. Like this hasn't to me jumped the shark to do a classic Joey phrase that certain matches do, or even like 
where it became like a meme, like the whole Veer Mahan is coming. And it took like, what, six months of that weeks. stupid vignette. Yeah. And just to me, this hasn't gotten there. I took, uh, he's, 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 he's begging for change he, on your corner there. store. He's literally, he's, there, but he, he's doing the house show circuit right now. <laughs> for NXT, yeah. But anyway. Everybody um, fears beer right now. So. Anyway, I, I I didn't realize we were a Veer Mahan fan podcast, but my bad. I I, I won't disrespect you again. Not not me, so don't say we. Um, <laughs> but anyway, I'm just saying, like, I think that if it's not revealed who the White Rabbit is, if not this weekend, then by Crown Jewel, then yes, I agree that it'll be a bit much. But it, it hasn't even been, what, two full months of this? It's been like that's three not, weeks, no? Yeah, that that's not... But that's what I'm saying. Like, it, it hasn't been that long in terms of like wrestling nowadays. Obviously, way longer build back then. But nowadays, this is pretty, pretty short. So I'm liking it, but I'm happy that it's causing a discussion or at least popularity online. Ty, take it away, good sir. All right, my dudes, we're gonna move on to NXT. Um, and it looks like this was a pre-recorded show, just according to the dirt sheets. What I'm reading. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, I did catch part of the show. Uh, I'll just go over it real quick. Uh, Joe Gacy defeated Cameron Grimes. Saul Ruka defeated Amari Miller. Nikita Lyons defeated Caden Carter. Uh, Aaliyah Dragunov cut a promo on having to vacate the NXT championship. Uh, J.D. McDonough interrupted, followed by Bron Breaker with some uh, Steiner math in that. That was pretty funny. Um, Damon Kemp defeated Brutus Creed. Um... And eventually they went at it again. Uh, Wesley defeated Tony D'Angelo. Uh, Mandy Rose defeated Fallon Henley. Uh, Dragunov defeated uh, Zion Quinn. Hopefully I said that right. And then we had a pub rules match. Josh Briggs and Brooks Jensen defeated Mark Coffey and Wolfgang. Um, I'm going to kind of start this one off. I caught like the last half of the show. I thought the pub rules match was kind of stupid. I'm not going to lie. And I was kind of bitching to Bobby about this uh, throughout the week, too. I I can understand, like, gimmick matches and, and things like that. This one was just so random and out there. Like, it didn't really feel like a match at all to me. Like, it, it just felt unnecessary. Um, I don't follow all the NXT guys like Joey and, and Bob do to begin with, but... It just felt really forced in a sense, and I, I don't know, w- wasn't it for me. Joey, why don't you take it away? I don't know if forced is the right word, but it definitely felt off. Um, if you've watched, and, and now that we're over a year into NXT 2.0 or just this version incarnation of NXT, they've done various skits or segments um, in the bars or pubs, uh, technically in, in kayfabe land, their valet slash friend Fallon Henley, like is a bartender or manages a bar that they hang out with. They've had pretty deadly come in and try to be all country boys, which I cracked up at. Um, but yeah, th- this really wasn't built up too much. The coffee brothers and, um, Wolfgang, they're of course from NXT UK. And so the whole pub argument was thrown into there. Um, I do like that they're still trying these things, though. Um, Bob and I remember the debacle that was the rounds match with Wesley and Trick Williams. That was terrible. I'm not going to say it was good. But what I'm saying here is that they're at least trying new things. 
And we see that too, not new, but bringing back the fight pit match for extreme rules that like for that stipulation alone, guys, that is my most anticipated match of the week. And if you haven't seen a fight pit match, there's only been two. They were both fantastic and just done so well. So keep trying that this was a miss for me. I agree, Chad, but either way, I'm happy that they're not just being very cookie cutter and just everybody gets a 20 minute match, 75 kickouts, blah, blah, blah. Go ahead, Brian. Personally, I'm going to disagree with you guys because I, I really enjoy the uh, the different stipulations, like uh, the rounds match, like you said. I actually enjoyed that one. I, I thought that one was definitely different uh, as opposed to just like a regular match. And, you know, this, uh, this pub rules match was very, very good. I actually really enjoyed it. Um, I, I'm surprised Chad didn't enjoy it, though, because it involves his favorite thing, beer. I do uh, like beer, but not that much. <laughs> the only the only beer related thing about that fucking match was them throwing the uh, the glass at uh, the coffee brothers or whatever the fuck they're called. Like that was the only thing. Like it it was just like a it felt like a waste well, of yeah. time. Like if you're gonna have a match, just have a match, and then like well, maybe include some of the stuff. But it was like one guy beating up one guy, and then like other guys just like in the corner laying there. Like I don't know, it it wasn't it for me, man. Like I, I get what you're trying to say, but just, it didn't feel like a NXT yeah, but, but it, match. It, it, it kind of felt it kind of felt like a Donnie Brook match. In all honesty, that's the NXT equivalent I can do to like the main roster. It kind of felt like a Donnie Brook match. Uh, with like Sheamus and Imperium, uh, or just Sheamus and um, Drew McIntyre in general, because you know it's it's I like how they're setting different stipulations, and it's basically just like uh, similar match types that we've seen in the past. It's basically a street fight or an extreme rules match, but with like a pub-based theme. Uh, but moving out of that hemisphere, the thing I really enjoyed about NXT most this week was actually uh, Joe Gacy's match, because I don't know if you guys caught it in the background, but uh, the Dyad have been handing out smiley face buttons all over for their vignettes, and their red-hooded friend was actually in the stand about half and so kind of builds more anticipation as to who is this mystery figure and everything like that. Considering their size, I would assume it'd be like a female member, but uh, it just made me eager to see like who's under that hood, who's going to be supporting Gacy and the Dyad and Schism all together. Uh, overall, NXT, great show. I really enjoyed it. Shame about Tony D, though, because he, he did get injured. We wish him a speedy recovery. Uh, I think the Don has some sort of knee injury, so best to wish him a very speedy recovery because NXT will not be the same without the Don. Georgie, why don't you go ahead, buddy? All right. So as you guys know, I don't really watch NXT, um, at least the weekly show. I really stopped with it. Um, but from what I'm hearing about with the complaints about the stipulation matches, I just want to just kind of bring this up. Um, at the end of the day, NXT is a developmental, um, you know, and to have stipulation matches in a developmental means that WWE is looking to see do these ideas work before they possibly bring them to the main roster. So it maybe has less to do with who's doing them, but more of more so of does the you know the idea work? Um, does you know do the stipulations make sense? Can they what can they tweak? And you know it's just based basically that's all that is. It, you know as much as you don't like it, it's that's what this is for is. NXT is to see what works, what doesn't work, 
tweak it, fix it, and make it work when it so that we could potentially get it as a stipulation on a main roster match, and you know make something interesting happening there. Um, and just as a weird kind of off, sort of off topic tangent. Um, so I was when you guys brought up Joe Gacy, it reminded me I recently was reintroduced to a very in, uh, hilarious clip of Joe Gacy from CZW, <laughs> um, and I think you guys might know the clip I'm talking about. It's a tag team match. Uh, Joe Gacy, I forgot who the other guy he's tagging with against the Osirian Portal, with the break dancing and the hypnosis. <laughs> I, I got. That. Yeah, if you haven't seen that clip, go check it out. It's so stupidly hilarious. It's the best kind of cheese, you know, as far as like it like where wrestling is fun still. Go check that out. Um other than that, yeah, I just, you know, NXT I'm I'm not going to get invested in it at this point. Again, I still am on I'm still not uh convinced to rejoin the WWE ranks. So, um I'll just leave it at that. Joey, go ahead. I think the only um, huge blunder that a lot of us were like WTF about when it comes to these matches was the um, rounds match. And that was the most unique of these. Um, They had their own version of a lights out match, which was built up. I thought pretty nicely with a couple of the gals, Uh, obviously with war games. I know not an original idea, but those matches were always absolute bangers. And now that it's at survivor series after a couple of years with NXT, I am suit like that make to me make survivor series a must watch even for non um fans or maybe non-regular watchers like george i don't want to speak for you but to me the appeal of war games and that stipulation alone really really i I think is going to bring back some people for survivor series specifically especially if they didn't realize oh crap nxt has been doing this for three or four years and again i think all but one in my opinion of the six that they did were phenomenal George, go ahead, and then we can pivot away from NXT, I think. Sure. Um, so, yeah, you know, the War Games concept, obviously not an NXT original, but tweaked to WWE specifications because um, the original War Games was very was a lot more violent than the NXT stuff is. Um, and oddly enough, War Games was the last NXT event that I attended when it was here in Chicago. Um, but, yeah, it as much as it works it worked in nxt it worked in nxt because of the performers in that particular match i believe um because a lot of the performers were either really really tied with the crowd or were just so good you couldn't ignore them moving it to the main roster though it feels a little less special to me um simply because i you know i don't know who's going to be in this match but I also don't see anybody on the main roster who's going to do anything close to what the NXT people would have done to make that match get over. So it's really, it's really going to depend on how they present it on the main roster, but I don't know if war games will work on the main roster. Real quick. I would say if I'm booking this and then we can for sure switch, um, I would do it where it's the bloodline plus honorary Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn's trying his best to impress, really show to the Usos that he belongs, and they end up losing because Sami takes the pin after getting too excited. Maybe to like a Drew McIntyre, um, a, a force to team up, like the enemy of my enemy is my friend in Riddle and Seth Rollins, a couple other guys. 
I unfortunately think maybe even a Logan Paul might be on that team as much as that makes me want to throw up in my mouth and crap my pants in disgust. But I think for sure Bloodline is going to be in it. And that the storytelling alone, especially if Heyman's involved, is going to be top notch. Chad, yeah. what do we got next? Or George, oh, go ahead. Sorry. I was, no, no, I was going to say, no, 100% Bloodline's in that match and 100% Sammy's taking that pin. Um, it, it's it's pretty much set in stone and, and you could see it coming from a mile away. Um, and that certainly takes away from a lot of the intrigue of that match already. All right. Well, we'll move on to the last WWE show of the week, SmackDown. Uh, we had Sami Zayn and Solo Sequoia defeat Ricochet and Madcap Boss. Drew McIntyre defeated Austin Theory um, by DQ, it looks like. Hit Row defeated Los Thetherios. Ronda Rousey defeated Natalia. Bailey defeated Shotzi. Drew McIntyre, KO, and Johnny Gargano defeated Austin Theory and Alpha Academy. Thoughts on SmackDown? I just got to point out, Chad, um, it's Solo Sokoa. A Sequoia is a kind of tree. I keep, I keep yeah. fucking saying it wrong. I'm sorry. But I keep That's cracking up. Sequo- You're fine. Sequoia. You're fine. Sequoia. Yep. Sequoia. Whatever. Same shit. Minor pronunciation. No, a Sequoia. It's a tree Minor versus someone's last name. I can't even say pronunciation right anymore. Fuck you guys. Go ahead. Pronunciate. Say yes. what you're going to say. Say what you're going to say. Uh, so... With SmackDown this week, guys, it was, it was a really good show. I really enjoyed it. Uh, the thing I enjoyed most was actually Liv and Ronda's segment there uh, after Ronda's match with Natalia, I believe. And uh, a cool thing about that is when Ronda hit the Piper's Pit, uh, the bat that Liv brought to ringside with her uh, actually bounced back in the ring uh, unharmed. I unspeed. saw that. <laughs> it, was, it, was pretty, it was pretty cool. Accidental, of course, and unintentional, but cool nonetheless. Uh, but yeah, overall, I really enjoy the bloodline stuff with Solo and Sammy. Uh, I really enjoy Jay actually being the only one who distrusts Sammy. Still. And I, I ultimately believe that this will lead up to just the Jay Uso and Sammy Zayn match because Jay has shown that he is a, uh, a singles competitor as well. Main event Jay. Exactly. Main event Jay. And what's really going to be telling for me too is if, War games this year is going to be a 5v5 or a 4v4. It's it's still up in the air right now because War games has been done so differently with NXT and like compare it back to the old days with WCW and newer promotions like GCW. I'm just eager to see how many participants are going to be in this year's War games and that's what the excitement for me is all leading up about but until we get there, Extreme Rules is coming up and I'm so happy that every single one of these matches has a stipulation because all of the other extreme rules matches and all the other extreme rules pay-per-views they've only had like a couple whereas this one has multiple so you know that's that's all i gotta say about that and i'm, I'm just so happy to be a wrestling fan right now it's, it's exciting times guys it's almost like they're they're doing what the pay-per-view is called for a change who would have thought that exactly, would yeah <laughs> All right, Mr. Roboto, I'm going to have to ask you to calm down. Uh, Richie, why don't you go ahead, buddy? No, oh, you're, you're, uh, you're on mute. All right, am I unmuted now? You're unmuted now. We can hear you, sir. Thank you for unmuting. I click, I clicked the unmute button, so I guess it's a <laughs> lag. So, so what I'll say is 
my highlights is shout out to Shotzi for getting her tank back. Um, I'm glad that she got her tank. Uh, so she should have never lost her tank in the first place. Uh, mm -hmm. Looks like uh, Max Dupree is about to become LA Knight. So thank you. Looks like, yeah, uh, I'm so glad that they're getting rid of that. That's still um, a shitty so, name, though, too. Yeah. <laughs> hey, it is what it is. And then shout out to Seamus for taking an ass whooping by Imperium. Man, um, it's getting me really hyped for Extreme Rules. So those are my highlights. All right. Anybody else before we kick it into AEW gear? All right, so we had Dynamite uh, this past Wednesday in Philadelphia. Uh, show kicked off with the JAS celebrating the Ocho, Chris Jericho's uh, Ring of Honor championship win. Um, it's like we have uh, Daniel Garcia trying to push his way out of the JAS. Um, so first match of the night, Brian Danielson defeated Matt Menard. Uh, following that, we had the AEW championship match between John Moxley and Juice Robinson. Uh, might be seeing a little more of Juice Robinson here. Uh, we'll let uh, Richie Buckets talk about him uh, after we go through the card here. Uh, Tony Storm defeated Serena Deeb in a lumberjack match to retain the women's world championship. Uh, that was the first lumberjack or lumberjill, per se, uh, match in the uh, women's division. Um Ricky Starks defeated Eli. I don't remember how to say his last name. I just kind of briefed through that. Cottonwood? Match. Yeah, is it? No, I'm making a good joke because Eli Cottonwood was a, like a tough enough guy. No. Eli Isom, I think is how you say it. It was a squash, uh, as you can probably tell. And then Chris Jericho defeated Bandito to retain the Ring of Honor World Championship. And that was a pretty badass match. And I'm really shocked about how many people did not know who Bandito was going into this match. Even I did, and I'm still pretty much a noob compared to everybody in this group. Bandito's a fucking superstar. You forgot about the MJF and Wheeler Yuta. Uh, yeah, that was in there. MJF and Wheeler Yuta, yada, yada, yada. <laughs> I still don't... I Look, I like Yuta. Don't get me wrong, but him kind of spatting with MJF, and MJF's like... You're, you're trying to promo battle me. I'm daddy here in this case, so sit down. I'll put you in timeout. It's basically what he said on TV. Um, just kind of wild. Uh, but you're right. At the end of the uh, the Moxley-Robinson match, uh, Wheeler Yuta did uh, kick some ass there. Uh, he, he caught MJF from behind. So, And then we had a stare down between Mox and Hangman, too, while all that shit was going down. So lots of, uh, lots of action going on between... You know, those three or four guys. You get the uh, Dolly Parton shirt or no? Uh, I, it's sold out in the small. I got I to gotta look good. You know, I, I need the form-fitting shirt. Oh, my God. So, Just get a medium. I, uh, I do have some connects who could probably put together those jeans, though. So you see me in some uh, pink flower jeans, some cowboy shit. Mark. Whatever. At least I don't sit around at fucking dark shows for three hours. Uh, George, go ahead. All right, so as far as Dynamite goes this week, I'm not going to lie. Even as the AEW guy amongst this group, I thought this show, with the exception of the Jericho Bandito match, was mid. And it, it just, and that's saying a lot coming from me. Like, I, honest to God, 
through I like I didn't even bother to watch the show essentially I threw it on in the background while I was playing Minecraft and and doing other shit um I like this this was the most predictable dynamite I've seen in a long time and I and it honestly just really hurt especially when you open with that promo with the JAS like why would you open the show with that that just did like you didn't even set anything up for later really you just set it up you just you know furthering the daniel garcia stuff you know you could have done that like at a different time in the show and then it would have been it would have felt more special to me to be honest um but yeah i just this was this dynamite was kind of a miss for me to be honest um that being said bandito what the bandino match was the match i needed to watch um and I was kind of hoping maybe Jericho would have been a transitional champion in this in this case, um, but it, obviously you know Bandito wasn't signed at the time, so it was not going to happen. Um, but from all the reports that we're hearing, it looks like he has been offered a contract. Uh, no word on whether or not he has accepted that contract. Um, supposedly, though, there was great interest from WWE and Bandito during that match. Um, where they were literally trying to get his number from anybody who had it. Um, so obviously, if Tony Khan took the the initiative and got and to get him signed, you know, pr, you know, good good on him for doing so. Um, I think Tony has realized one thing, and this is what and this is a criticism of AEW. I'm going to throw out now while I've got the time here. Um, without the elite, without the Bucks, without Kenny, and without CM Punk, there is a very big power vacuum at the top of that roster right now that needs to be filled and a guy like bandito can easily slide in there and be a main eventer and as much as you want to say guys like wardlow and you know maybe samoa joe and you know and then of course mjf obviously is up now get reestablished himself you really need to find star power that's recognizable to the to the casual fan to bring them in while at the same time being competent enough to put on the type of matches that AEW is known for and hopefully you know the, if bandito does sign we'll see a lot more of him and you know see him you know cl- you know close to that main event scene um on the opposite end of that you have juice robinson coming in as i didn't realize he was a free agent um but it seems like the interest in him is a lot lower um, than would be for you know s- somebody of a bigger star power. Even though Juice and Mox have had some actual great matches in New Japan, this didn't seem like one of them from what I was watching. Um, and I know, and I know Richie doesn't like uh, doesn't like Juice at all, but you know Juice is one of the guys I've actually been like interested in when he was in new japan for quite some time and i felt there was always that chance he would break out to be a big star in new japan but it just never happened and i couldn't figure out why but i think it was just because it's new japan and they're not going to push a gaijin wrestler um but again that you know if they do decide to make a play for juice i hope they don't spend a lot of money on him um I, to be honest, I don't see Juice being a full-time guy anyway because he, he seems like his interest in wrestling is starting to wane anyway. But we'll see what what happens. Uh, but I'll pass it to you, Richie. Go ahead. Yeah, uh, this was not a, a good dynamite, for in my opinion. Um, it, I mean, you say mid. It just wasn't good. Um, it was definitely predictable. 
I mean, I get the whole sports entertainer angle with Jericho Appreciation Society, but it's just it's overdone. It's 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 it shouldn't open the show. Um, the thoughts about Wheeler Yuta and MJF uh, Wheeler just his his promo is just terrible. Uh, he's he's got to get better. Um, and then with the match between John Moxley and Juice Robinson, Juice jumpstarting the whole thing. They've they've had better matches in New Japan. This one didn't help because I believe it was the picture in picture that probably like slowed down the actual action. And I'm not trying to like bash Juice, even though everybody says that I hate Juice. I don't hate the man. I just hate that he thumbs down my women's wrestling, well, Brian's women's wrestling sign. Um, <laughs> so. At the end of the day, you shouldn't have, I mean, I know you're trying to get Juice over, but you shouldn't have him go almost beating your your world champion uh, in, in, a, in that fashion. I know it was an eliminator match, but that's 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 doing a lot. And then the, the highlight of the show was Bandito against Chris Jericho. Um, so if you have not had an opportunity to check out Bandito, uh, I, I am an avid fan, so. I, I really do hope that he signs with AEW or Ring of Honor, one of the two, because like George was saying, they need some star power from there. And then I guess Jericho is facing uh, Brian Danielson for the Ring of Honor Championship in Toronto, uh, I believe, what, like sometime in October, whenever they go to Toronto. But yeah, it wasn't a good dynamite for me. Uh, wasn't good. Go ahead, Joey. Question for the group. <clears throat> Is Anna Jay getting worse, or has she always just been this bad? Like, oh my gosh, was that promo attempt by her garbage hot dog, garbage water? She 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 forces so much. I I just she's she's terrible, terrible. She's being bad on purpose. It's not. It this isn't like she's actually. Yeah, she's literally trying to be bad on purpose, and and she's doing a wonderful job of it, to be honest. But has um, she ever had like good promos or like? She's had I, she she's had some meet some pretty okay promos when she was with. Dark I Holder. can't remember one. Uh, I, I'll, I'll tell you one. When she was on Rampage, when she yeah. was on Rampage, when they did the main event between her and Jade, like when she, um. It, that was actually an okay promo. I wouldn't say it was like her best promo. And but that's what I'm saying. I, this girl's she, been signed since. What? She's like, well, what, 21? She, she hasn't 22? done many live promos. Like 20, I'm pretty she's sure they've all been, been with the company now. for a while. Well, we know, you know Dustin Rhodes is like pretty integral, at least Thunder Rosa seems to say so, w- w- with the ladies. I, I, I just wish we could see a little more progress. And I get it's supposed to be cheesy on purpose, but. Man, I she has go away for me right it, now. It was, it no, was no, bad. You know, and here's the thing with Anna Jay. She's, I believe, she's only in like her sixth year as a professional wrestler. If I'm not mistaken, it's it's really low compared to how good she is in the ring. And it, it's one of those things where the skills are there, and she's just got to do the promo work. And being near Jericho is something that'll enhance that. Um, and if you really want some of her better promos, you got to look back to when she was with the early initial, you know, early instances of the Dark Order with Brody Lee, um, because those were good. That was when she was actually at her best, because Brody Lee was most likely in her ear, mentoring her and getting her to, you know, to do the right things. Losing Brody Lee 
probably hurt her promo progression uh, the more than anything. So now she's with Chris Jericho, who is known for a good promo and could probably just, you know, talk down anybody in anyone, anywhere. Um, so she'll do better being with Jericho now. She'll get the, uh, the mentoring she needs to be a better promo. And I think everything will come together as, you know, time goes on. Um, so don't write her off yet. Um, Give her a chance to play this character because obviously the character is meant to be cheesy sports entertainment, you know, because let's face facts. When we think sports entertainment, when we think women's wrestling sports entertainment, you're talking the divas era and it's bad promos at that time, you know. Yeah, but I, the, the women's the women's division is that it needs a lot of work. And even with the in, infusion of Soraya with. Saying like I'm bad. Speaking of bad promos, my God. Yeah, that was Ooh. yeah, that was that was rough. Um and her just pretty much in a GM role, it seemed like it's like, well, Tony Khan just lets me do whatever I want. So I'm gonna go on color commentary, and then this is gonna be a lumberjills match or lumberjack, whatever. Um uh, it's and then I mean, yeah, just, she, she's not clear to wrestle, but she's signed well, to the company, so you got to do something with her. Yeah, but granted, like, and the the women's uh, listen, the women's division needed help, no matter what. I don't with, think help though should be coming from someone who's not even medically cleared to wrestle. Personally, she's also way. much more I, capable mm, on the mic than I, that. So I'm, I don't I'm know gonna, what happened there. Hold on, Chad. I'm going to come back with you on that because the person that was in charge of the women's division was Kenny Omega. And he's not here right now. So you need somebody to kind of get things where they need to be. And right now, if you've got somebody like Soraya who can... William Regal. Regal's got his own shit to worry about. But Soraya has had her... She's been with a women's division in a you know, in a backstage role where she can kind of keep things moving. Uh, so this is just a natural transition. Once, if and when she does eventually get cleared to wrestle, hopefully, you know, she'll be able to add some of that star power to the women's division and, you know, make it, you know, at least tolerable. Um, and again, the women's division is, is the AEW isn't the best right now, but the pieces are there as far as I'm concerned. It's just got to all come together. Yeah, I mean, they've got plenty of, of capable women. I don't know, just that whole segment was kind of mid to me with, with the women, if I'm going to say it. You know, Soraya came out so there. Much. I'm not being negative, dude. I'm just being honest. Her Brian, whole, tell us her, what was positive the, about her promo. She's going to bring change. She said, I'm going to bring change ten times. The whole thing was mid. I'm back. This is I'm my back. house. Well, like, exactly. well, what, Brian, it's tell us the positives of that promo. Well, the positives are that Soraya is, or Soraya, excuse me, oh, is one of those. Oh, said her fucking name wrong. Everybody bet you <laughs> Keep going, yeah. man. Fuck you, Chad. Anyway, uh, so she's got such, like, experience in this industry, almost like a Serena Deeb. So having her in the back wouldn't be such a bad idea, you know? I personally liked it. I thought it was different for the women's division. Uh, personally, I feel like the women's division is focused way too much on these bigger names like Britt Baker and people who really don't deserve a spotlight, like maybe a little bit of Anna Jay as well too with the JAS. But uh, I, I, I like it. It's, it, it's fresh. It felt fresh to me. And the women's match to me was actually the highlight because there were so many counters 
and uh, reversals in that match for Tony Storm and Serena Deeb that I really personally enjoyed. Uh, plus, let's give a big shout out to that Avalanche uh, pile driver at the end of the night. So, I, I need Rich to jump in because of his facials right now. I'm, I'm sorry, Rich, go for it, buddy. I'm usually an advocate for, for women's wrestling. Brian, I, I, I don't know, man. We, we're seeing two different shows, man. It, it wasn't good, man. Really the pile wasn't. driver spot, I, I will. No, no, the, the, that, no. That was crazy. As far as the the mat, that that spot was was awesome. Uh, it just seemed the promo just, though. I have not heard one good thing about the so promo from bad. you. It yeah, was lost in the weeds. Talk about the promo, Brian. It was lost in the weeds. If you're talking about the match, uh, obviously Serena Deeb as as a veteran, you know, working with Tony Storm, it's gonna be it's gonna be good. I mean, the stipulation for the lumberjack whatever then you set up the angle between willow and jamie hater i know we're going to talk about that at a rampage uh i mean it just wasn't a good segment as far as the promo i mean cool spots here and there but ryan it wasn't a good promo you have i need to, to hear what was good about the promo that's that's what we want to know that, that, what that's what i'm saying Brian. what was good about this promo the promo about this what was good about it was that soraya entered the ring said she was going to bring change, maybe not as a wrestler, maybe as a backstage hand. She wants to get a hand on this women's division. And that's what I took from that promo, that she wants to help the women's division grow because it's been kind of stagnant at this point. So, like, I'm all for that change. I'm all for it. And the promo, for me, I'm a big fan of Soraya, honestly. I'm such a big fan of Soraya. I'm glad she's back in some capacity. Who are you not a fan of? Just curious. Who am I not a fan of? Like in their current women's division? Any, you guys know. anywhere, anywhere. It's, oh, Britt just Baker. anywhere. Uh, Britt Baker is number one. I'm well, not. Well, Britt Baker. Britt Baker had a the heelish uh, line of the of the night when she said, <laughs> like when she bleeds for the company and puts her neck on the line, and then a li- like Soraya, her neck can <laughs> yeah. handle it. I like. I, no, no, that no, was. No, you're wanting to make fun of names. Your name the sounds line. like shit. Like no, what the, the fuck? The line dude. of the night was sur- was uh not not. I'm sorry. Brit saying half the crowd doesn't even know how to say your name right after the seven years. That was a fire line. And Saray's yeah, comeback I mean, was, was so. If we're gonna, her name sounds like shit. If we're gonna talk about that, it from a I mean, it does like, what? Does it not? Does it not sound like shit? Dude, Brit come on. carried like the, carry the promo. Brit carried the promo. First, first and foremost, here I feel like Britt Baker took the easy targets, like she always does. She took the easy targets. She is picking out every single thing that somebody else would say to Soraya. It's so generic, and it doesn't come across to me as 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 good as you guys think it is. I'm sorry. You're right, Rich. We are watching two different shows because personally, Britt Baker does not do it for me. Soraya, Soraya, whatever the fuck her name is, I don't know. She sounded genuine, and she made me believe. Uh, the fact that Britt Baker can tear apart Soraya like that without trying, though, that speaks volumes to just how bad Soraya's end of this promo was. Preach, George. I'm not going to. So, and here's the thing I, um, I'm not necessarily the biggest Britt Baker fan, and I'm ne- definitely not the biggest Soraya fan ever, but. It's, it, I've watched Soraya's promo work back when she was in WWE as Paige. Her promo work has never been good. It has always been about her in-ring ability, which her in-ring ability is pr- above average, 
I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna say she's a great technician. There are certainly those who have come, uh, come after her that have been better. Um, she's had a lot of better contemporaries. The thing with her though was she is a character and a personality in the ring, and she has presence, and that's the that's the positives for Saray, and that's what she brought to this whole issue with you know this whole promo on AEW. Um, she brings presence. She brings legitimacy. So at that, at the even if the actual promo was bad, she at least had you know the presence there to make you to draw eyes. Now, as far as a bad promo goes, I'm I'm kind of curious to see how Soraya is going to evolve as a promo because she was in WWE forever and a day. And of course, they had writers. They wrote all those promos for her. Whether they were good or not is whatever. And whether or not she was able to deliver them is another story. In AEW, though, she has the freedom potentially. Um, I'm not sure what Tony Khan's doing these days with this, but potentially has the freedom to say or do pretty much whatever she wants. Um, and if she, you know, if she latches on to that idea that she's not restricted then she may be able to get a good promo but if she's going to hold back on herself or if she just doesn't seem to acclimate properly to the atmosphere of AEW she's going to get torn apart on the mic and that's something that Britt Baker for better or for worse has practiced you know Britt's maybe not the most amazing wrestler in the in the ring but she does at least have enough of a presence as a, as a heel to tear apart her opponent on the mic. And that's what we saw here is Brit doing Brit things and making it look good. Soraya kind of lost in, in the moment, not knowing where to go and getting just absolutely steamrolled. Um, so that's all my thought on that. Uh, Chad, you want to get, get us moving on here? Yes, we'll move on to Rampage. Uh, we have the acclaimed defeat Private Party and Butcher and the Blade in a three-way tag team match to retain their championship belts. Uh, Jamie Hayter defeated Willow Nightingale. Lee Moriarty defeated Fuego Del Sol. And Roosh defeated John Silver. Um, one key thing here. Uh, Ten and Andrade are going to be having a match here uh, next week on Dynamite. Uh, if Ten wins, Andrade is going to be leaving AEW. Uh, if Andrade wins, uh, Ten has to give up his mask. Uh, so I thought that was a uh, an interesting uh, thing they added at the end of Rampage here, which will uh, give me a little bit more interest in the Dynamite next week. Um, honestly, I don't really remember much about Rampage. I, I, I kind of glanced through this as we kind of mentioned. This is kind of... Uh, one of those shows we don't really uh, watch too often anymore, just with the uh, you know quality of uh, shows in in the past. But um, hopefully uh, things get better. Uh, George, go ahead. So, as somebody who does still watch uh, Rampage for what it's worth, um, dare I say that Rampage was actually a little bit better than Dynamite was this week, um, outside of the Bandito match, of course. Um, but no, Rampage was actually a pretty solid show from you know top to bottom. Um, you know, my obviously my takeaways from this were you know uh, the uh, Jamie Hayter match was really good. Um, 
and if, you know, give me more Jamie Hader. I don't care how you do it. Just give me more Jamie Hader. Um, the crowd seems to really be behind her too, which is fantastic. Um, John Silver and Roosh was a solid match. Nothing to complain about there. And of course it helped to further the storylines, uh, you know, with the, uh, the 10 and Andrade situation. And yes, that, that does drum up some interest. So at least they're giving me something to watch on rampage where I'm like, okay, that's at least something I might want to, I need to tune into to see why this happened. Um, and of course now it's the intriguing issue now of are we going to lose Ten's mask or is Andrade leaving AEW and based on all the rumors we've got I'm not so sure that Ten loses this match um, you know of course I could see Andrade winning easily because it's Andrade um, and of course there's shenanigans with you know Jose the assistant that'll probably and that's most likely what's going to happen because um, I do think it is just one gigantic swerve here but um you know, if if he is actually intent on leaving, which if from the comments I've heard from like people like Miro, um, he might leave just because, hey, I've got my significant other in another company. Why am I staying here? Um, and now with the new regime in place, maybe he gets a better shake in WWE than he's getting in AEW. Um, and, you know, hopefully that's not the case. Uh, I don't want to lose Andrade to WWE but anything is possible. Um, and, oh, and I do just want to mention really quick, I think we uh, skipped over something with Hook happened, um, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, we did, and I missed that. Oh, it was the Ryan, it was, it was the Ryan Nemeth thing. That was what Oh, that's what, yep, you're right. Yes, so Ryan Nemeth comes out, cuts some BS promo about how he hates Philly, whatever. Um, Hook comes down, beats the crap out of him. You know, standard issue there. But uh, the interesting thing was what happened after the beatdown is Hook is walking out and the Trustbusters are on the ramp and they present. Trustbusters. Trustbusters is a better name, but continue. Luigi anyway. Primo. <laughs> anyway, uh, basically, they uh, they presented Hook an envelope of some sorts. No, no idea what's in there. We don't know if it's an invitation to join them, if it's uh, just you know money or whatever the situation is. I don't know. So we'll have to see how that develops. But I'm glad to see the Trustbusters back on TV uh, because they've been off for quite some time, and I'm hoping to see you know what they do moving forward. Um, so yeah, that was so again. I felt Rampage for what it is was better than it has been and again dare i say it was a little bit better than dynamite was this week um a little less little less predictable than dynamite any at the, at the very least and again outside of the bandito match was a solid show um rich uh, your thoughts dynamite it looks like they actually have a clear vision of what's going to transpire for future storylines. So they did make an attempt on this, this rampage. Um, I mean, it's still, it's still hard to put content in for our show and it feels a little bit rushed. Um, we'll see what happens with Andrade and Zen. I want to say best of luck to your future and in your future endeavors, Andrade, you can go back to the WWE and we can get Bandito. We'll do a swap. I wish we did trades like they do in like, football and basketball it's like we trade this contract for that contract that would make wrestling so much more interesting but we can't do that um uh jade is i guess gonna fight uh nyla rose <laughs> which is oh, so yeah, random i saw that 
That's so random. Um, but she's not losing to Nyla Rose. Although, uh, okay, just really quick, dear God, does Marina Shafir suck? <laughs> you know me. <laughs> they know me. She, kn- she knows how to pick a, a good hat, though. Let's you don't that know me. She looks like Luffy uh, from One Piece with her hat. Oh my God. Bob, <laughs> thoughts on straw hats? R- Roberto? Thoughts on straw hats? I don't give a fuck, man. All right. Thank you, Bobby. Continue, Chad. Bob's too busy watching fucking football or whatever. Um, God, that was so awful. I don't, I don't know what the fuck they're gonna do with her. She needs to uh, just stay on dark just... permanently. But I don't know what the fuck. <laughs> Dude, I don't know what no, they can do with her. That was like the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. Like I literally sat there and watched it. We were in the Solo Monster page. Someone tagged me in it. I think Joey might have tagged me in it. I, I had to like watch it and just like stop for a second because I like look. I know I can't talk without stuttering like ninety nine percent of the time. But I had no idea where this is going at all, and it just did not make any sense. Like, they know me, and then all of a sudden, no, they don't know anything about me. It's like, what the fuck are you saying? Just, like, cut to the point. Like, don't be, like, so dramatic, one. Don't be, like, I, I, I don't even know. Like, it just blew my fucking mind. But back to the point, um, there's no chance Jade's losing. There's no way. I, I disagree with that, personally. I, I think Nyla Rose is actually Jade's biggest test so far. And like Vicky said, she may have beaten Nyla once, but she didn't pin Nyla. So I'm actually eager to see this. I hope, I hope, I'm a little tired of Jade's reign at the moment, I'm not going to lie, but I hope that Nyla Rose can actually throw a wrench into this undefeated streak and we actually get some new faces around that TBS title and maybe have Jade go for that women's world championship instead of just playing second second fiddle with the uh, second tier championship. Get him, Rich. I'm not going to totally, totally shit on you for that because you are right. Nyla is probably her toughest challenge because Nyla has won the, t- uh, the main belt. But I don't see them giving Jade her first loss on anything other than a pay-per-view, personally. I, I, if it's not the next upcoming pay-per-view full gear or it's full gear right yeah full gear it's it's the pay-per-view after that it's it's gonna happen uh george go ahead sorry for interrupting you no no you're fine um so i I, here's the thing i'm gonna sort of disagree with you just a little bit here um while i do i do feel nyla presents the biggest threat to jade because legitimately she's the only one with the physical prowess to actually go toe to toe with Jade, um, there's really no one else her of her size, of her build, of her, you know, mean streak that's currently active on the roster, um, or at least is you know it not injured, because um, God knows when Statlander comes back that'll make some sense, but we don't know, you know, it's it's going to be some time still for that. That being said, now. It, we did, they did say, say that uh, Nyla's going to challenge, but Jade said it's on her time. So what, what that means, I don't know. But knowing Jade, it'll be saved for a big event like a full gear. Um, we also do have, uh, I think there's a Battle of the Belts coming up soon. I think it's this upcoming Saturday, but, you know, I, I don't really. Do we really... just have one? <laughs> yeah. Again... That's yeah. competing with extreme rules, by the way. Oh yeah, he Tony bitched about uh, uh, 
was the last pay-per-view going against theirs, and now he does that. Hypocrites. <laughs> yeah. Well, he, well to, kettle, damn it. I mean, to be fair, Battle of the Belts is not it has not been a uh, must-watch TV in any sense. So no, whatever. Um, but but that being said, I don't think you know they'll do it at Battle of the Belts, or at least they shouldn't. Um, but I could also now here's the thing: I could also see this happening randomly. Um, I don't like a dynamite is just like a huge shock win, um, because as much as we want, as much as Jade's streak has been impressive, it's it has gotten stale, and I think just a surprise loss on like a dynamite would really just set things up for, a, you know, a big feud, a back and forth, maybe a hot potato the belt a little bit just to kind of, you know, build something more, and. You know, eventually then we'll get somebody like, you know, turning on Jade, like Layla Gray's been treated like crap by her. So maybe she'll turn, um, you know, maybe Marina Shafir gets involved, but God, oh, please God, keep no. her off. Just keep her off my TV for the love of God. Like, I don't even when ROH starts up, please, I don't even want you to send her there. Just let 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 NXT have her back if they want her back, you know. Man, y'all hate developing talents. Holy fucking shit, guys. Holy hell. Bob and I don't have I'm about to Brian. Brian. Hold on. Brian. Yeah, hold on. <laughs> now, I want to I, I touch on something here, because Marina Shafir was in NXT, and she had all the time in the world to develop, and she still sucks. She is still terrible on the mic. She is still terrible in the ring. And that's why NXT let her go when they did, because the only thing she was doing in NXT was being buddies to Ronda Rousey. That was her only claim to fame. Shayna Baszler. Whatever. Doesn't matter. At least matter. Shayna Baszler can actually fucking talk and wrestle. The, f the point is, she's a second fiddle to somebody better than her, and she's still doing that here in AEW. She's second fiddle to Nyla Rose. She is never going to touch main event. Honestly, henchwoman is like her thing. I th I would agree with you there. I, I honestly agree that she needs work in the ring. Definitely needs work on the promo ability. But I'm just saying, don't like ultimately hate on me. That's we're that's not all. Hating. we're not hating we're on not, her. We're just we're speaking. Not we're, you guys are. We, we are making a, a, a strong critique that if there has not been this development from NXT and now you're on another major promotion like AEW. Granted, it's on dark or whatnot, and you're still not getting over. There is a problem, especially when you have a husband that was part of another faction that could halfway talk. Like you would think there would be conversations with Roger Strong. You would think, but it's not working. It just doesn't work for her. And I don't know what else we can do to help support that. We're not hating on her. Which just... Honestly, wrestling might not be her forte, in all honesty. But That's hey, what we're saying. Making... That's, That's what, what we're saying. saying. She's, Jesus she's making making hating on her money, though. She's making money at the time. She, this is still her right, profession. We're moving on. We're moving on. Oh uh, we're moving on. Jesus, titty fucking Christ. I have enough brain damage from my full-time job. Now I'm getting it from this. Uh, what the fuck? Uh, Impact. Bobby said he watched it. We're going to go over this real quick. Hopefully, I don't have to end this early. Um, we had Bullet Club, Ace Austin, and Chris Bay with Juice Robinson defeating Laredo Kid and Trey Miguel. Brian, Miter, uh, blah, 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 blah. Brian Myers defeated uh, Crazy Steve to retain the Impact Digital Media Championship. Black Taurus defeated Delirious. 
Heath and Rich Swan defeated Honor No More, which was PCO and Vincent. Uh, Masha Slamovich defeated Ali Catch in a Monsters Ball match. I did see some uh, some highlights of that. That looked like a pretty fucking crazy match. Uh, Bobby, what were your thoughts on that? Since you're the Impact King. Yeah, um, main event. Yeah, between the women, hell of a match. Um, it was the 55th Monsters Ball, and it was the fifth Women's Monsters Ball, and it was nice. It was fitting. That we had Allie Catch, who we've seen compete in GCW before, and in the in the independence before, but uh, yeah, it was nice seeing her up there, and um, they're really building Masha Slamovich for uh, Jordan Grace for Bound for Glory. Um, again, thought it was a hell of a hell of a monster's ball. Uh, I do want to point out Brian Myers uh, and Crazy Steve match. I've noticed that we there was a female referee for the first time in the Impact Zone, so. Uh, uh, impact uh, grabbing female referees, is that a first which is nice. for them. What was that? Is that a first for them? Do they have? I believe so. Yeah, I believe wow. so. Yeah. Again, um, NXT was the first, or yeah, right, NXT, and then AEW, or was it AEW first with um? Jessica Carr was there way before uh, Aubrey. So okay, so yeah. yeah, NXT, AEW, now Impact. They're uh, following the I guess the mold here, uh, which is nice. Nice to see something different out there. Um, but he did open, uh, he has an open challenge for his belt at Bound for Glory, so we'll see some type of surprise next Friday. Um, other than that, it was a decent show. Uh, they got one more show to build uh, for Bound for Glory, which is next Friday, fellas. And the card looks pretty decent. So we got that in store for next week. Um, yeah, other than that, not much to say for impact unless any of you guys have anything to uh what would you Bobby, what would you say since the car looks decent? What what is your most anticipated match from that card? Like if we're not impact people, what match would you say, hey, you're gonna watch one or try to look for one? Yeah. Let me uh, let me pull up the car here. Second. Oh here. Correct. Yeah, um, I would go with me again, Mickey James, just because um, on Impact this week they had uh, Mia. Uh, she was talking about how. She had a match with Mickey back in the day, and they actually showed footage of it. She took the L, but again, she she said in that interview she wasn't confident. She was scared, nervous then, but now all these years later, she she's the veteran now, so she's not scared going into this match with Mickey James. So I think that match would probably I'll keep my eye out, especially you guys, especially since Mia Yim she had a killer match with Jordan Grace at Emergence, which we, most of us were there. So I think this is going to be just another another um, check mark for uh, for me again against Vicky James. That and probably the Moto City Machine Guns and uh, I don't know more. But um, yeah, again, Bound for Glory, guys, next Friday. Um, again, do you guys have any thoughts on Impact or or just in general about the product? Uh, I mean, I've been trying to watch it more. Thursdays are just kind of tough for me. But, yeah. Um, I. Like I said, when we were there at those couple shows, they've got lots of great talent. Um, they've proven they can put on good shows. Um, that card definitely looks pretty, uh, pretty well 
put together from from what I see here. So, um, yeah, I think the Mickey James match for sure is probably number one on my list. Um, definitely like to see the Impact World Championship match. The last one we saw was so slow. You know, very technical match. Uh, I want to see more of Josh Alexander because I'm really not familiar with him other than knowing him, you know. So that'd, that'd be cool. Um, I don't know about the rest of the group, though. Uh, Bob, can you give us an update on Bobby Midlife Crisis Fish besides his debut promo? Has he done anything uh, crazy? No. Well, has, he, has he got his hair dyed? Has he done anything since then? No, he just he had a he had an interview this past week, and uh, he's going to be in that Call Your Shot Battle Royal. And he mentioned Eddie Edwards and Josh Alexander. So, God, I really hope they don't put him in the title picture. <laughs> That would be LOL TNA. TNA, I know. So, uh, I know. Hunter Hearst, all of like eat your heart out, baby. Bobby Fish making that bread. Oh god, yeah. Let's let's move on. <laughs> all right. Uh, well, I left this one as an open segment here. Uh, moving on. Um, I think Richie had uh, we had uh, a, a big loss in the wrestling uh, world here. Uh, why don't you go over that? On a more serious note, um, Antonio Inoki uh, passed away at the age of 79. Um, definitely one of the most influential wrestlers uh, with the formation of New Japan Pro Wrestling. And he was also a one-time member of the Japanese parliament. And he was also known for his uh, match against Muhammad Ali, uh, which went to a draw. <laughs> but uh, if you spoke to Inoki, he was like, I'm, I was legit trying to fight Ali. And I think Ali only got like two punches on him. <laughs> in in the rounds but it went to a draw and then they were like throwing trash in the ring uh, i think it was in japan but um loss uh anoke sama uh yeah rest in peace but hell of a talent um yeah any other thoughts yeah i'll definitely add some thoughts to this i mean inoki is one of the most influential people in wrestling uh regardless of country or promotion um he's held you know obviously you know start you know the found he started uh new japan pro wrestling um he has you know has his ties though to the big promotions um he trained on uh, you know with um under giant baba um he it was just it, it was it, it's a tremendous loss for the for the wrestling community it's um you know he's uh, he's got an unrecognized WWF title reign. Um, he's in the WWE Hall of Fame, which is saying a whole lot. You know because you typically don't put a, a non WWE guys in that Hall of Fame. And you know the only other Japanese wrestler that I can think of offhand is Jushin Thunder Liger. Um, but I, I, again, Inoki had inspired so many people, both you know, professionally and, um, you know, in the ring, so many of the maneuvers that he himself, um, you know, innovated are still used today. Um, like I, the most famous one being the Inzagiri, which is, you know, the, we see that move every week. That's Inoki's move. He made that move. And, you know, it, it's, it's such a, you know, I can't even put into words how tremendous of a loss this is. And, um, you know, there was, uh, he's now I'm not going to say he was a perfect person. He was definitely had his controversies over the years. Um, and there's always, and there's always been criticism of him, especially towards the end of his career about how he booked himself. Um, but 
again, this is a guy who really made wrestling in, you know, he, he basically cemented wrestling in Japan for better or for worse. Um, and you're never, and again, it's, I, I wish I could say properly how I feel or how many people would feel about him. But again, it's something that you can't put into words. It's just one of those things you kind of had to be there for. And, you know, and I've seen posts from wrestlers and, and personalities all over the world who just obviously are devastated by this. Um, you know, it's 79 isn't the youngest, but it's certainly not the oldest by any stretch. Um, and, you know, it, it's, and it's, it really, it's just not, it's hard to take. It really is. Um, but again, you know, hopefully, you know, obviously best wishes to his family and his friends. Um, I'm sure new Japan, if they have not done something for him by now, will do some sort of ceremony for him, um, as is custom. Um, you know, and I'll tell you something, if you want to talk about a guy who did really did put something special over, Inoki was undefeated in Japan for the longest of times. And he only lost to put over a big name Gaijin talent. And that talent ended up becoming one of the biggest names in professional wrestling. And that is Big Van Vader. You know, Inoki lost, when Inoki lost to Vader, you know, that's, and then, you know, there's, and then guys like Stan Hansen and, oh my God, Inoki did a lot for the Gaijins. I'll tell you that much. And I'm sorry. My, my thoughts are kind of all over the place with this one. I'm not going to lie. I wish I had been prepared for it a little bit better, but again, a, a tremendous loss. Best wishes to his family. Um, and that's all I got. Uh, somebody take it away. Well, uh, we'll move on from that. Obviously uh, a pretty big loss. Well said though, George. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Thanks for uh, your insight. Cause a lot of us probably not too familiar with him. Myself, definitely on that list. So uh, we always appreciate your insight and, you know, experience with a lot of those things. So um, thanks for your kind words on that. Um, I was just going to touch real quick um, because I, I forgot it was this week still. Um, a lot of rumors of Malachi Black leaving AEW and being granted his release. Um, he did confirm this past week uh, via Instagram Live that he is still under contract with AEW. He's not leaving. Uh, he's just taking a couple weeks off like he had requested. He just needs some time off to, to recalibrate and, uh, you know, get things back going again. Um, so we will be seeing more of Malachi with AEW, which I assume Buddy Murphy as well, because I think there was talks of him. Um, so kind of makes sense, especially Tony uh, trademarking House of Black, supposedly, within the last couple weeks. Um, so uh, let me just, I just let me just add on to that real quick with the uh, uh, Buddy Murphy situation. Uh, so it's actually come to light. The reason that he actually has left AEW, uh, he had to fly back to Australia to uh, submit paperwork for his visa so that he could continue working in the States. Um, so it was not a release. He just had to take care of some professional stuff so that he can continue working. All right. Right on. Uh, anybody else have anything else they wanted to uh, to add real quick? Going once, going twice. All right, we'll move into Chef's Kiss. Cue the music.
All right. Joey and Bob, take it away. Bobby, go ahead, good sir. You're going to lead us off with your uh, appetizer. Uh, shout out to Luigi Primo one more time. Go ahead, Bob. Yes, so uh, my chef kiss of the week is going to go to uh, Raw. On Raw, we got to see a backstage segment between um, Austin Theory and the Alpha Academy, and I thought Chad's Gable's work as of late has been This dude has been killing it. He He's able to be put out there in, in whatever – role they need him he's able to fit there like a glove and and kill it and um in that uh in that backstage promo um austin theory gets a phone call and it's braun Strowman. and uh, on that call let me get my notes here um he's gonna face chad uh chad gable in his hometown of st paul minnesota next week and um Braun Strowman says, that's, uh, that way they don't have to fly your body home for your funeral. Thought, I got a kick out of that. <laughs> and his face, look, he was scared. Gable was just like, oh, my. And then um, Theory hypes up uh, Otis. He's like, you're going to have a match against Gargano. You're going to kill him. You're going to crush him. And Otis is like, yeah, yeah. And Gable right next to him just scared, just like, oh, like, Looking into his future, like, yeah, I'm a dead man next week. So, again, the segment was great. Love me some Alpha Academy. Give me give me more Chad Gable, man. He's been killing it. Joey, your chef kiss of the week goes to uh, AEW this week, correct? Yes. To, to quickly add on to your Chad Gable love, I, I really feel like not so much now because he is older and not on TV nearly as much. Um, but pre, pre-24-7 – championship our truth which is you could put that guy in eddie's segment and he automatically made it better could do comedy could go in the ring to me chad chad gable kind of fits this role too and i hope just like our truth got a um u.s title run out of it for a hot minute i hope they give chad gable something i get the tag tag titles are nice but eventually get give gable a little rub with a mid-card title that's all i'm asking for i agree with you on that one yeah uh for aew so someone that I have been very, very critical of in my uh, AEW viewing career has been Wheeler Yuta. Yes, the guy still sucks on the mic. No one is saying that he is great on the mic. I'm not going to say that either. But I would say his work on Wednesday was, and I'm and I'm counting all the BCC stuff, I'm counting his unnecessarily long matches and kicking out of John Moxley's finisher matches. I'm counting this Wednesday as the best Wheeler Yuta has done overall. And it wasn't with any of the BCC guys. It was just him talking in his hometown, making fun of how MJF might make a sports fan analogy about it. And, and he did later and you'd even got the mic and said, Oh, there's the Phillies reference. Phillies have made the playoffs. Oh, just, it wasn't that he came off super confident but he had to be on his own for this. And to me, I thought he did as good of a job as I've seen. Is that still a six out of 10 or a five out of 10 promo? hundred percent. But Yuta for once I thought did decent. And the brawl afterwards um, in the press box with MJF was good. I liked it. Some fire out of Yuta and he's showing what he can do without being handheld by the BCC. Just my opinion. Bob, anything to add on that? Um, no, not really. Um, we talked. I know you kind of disagreed with me on this, but yeah, you like I, I was kind of with the guys earlier. 
with the, the wheel, Wheeler Utah situation. I'm like, eh, it was an all right promo, but he, he still needs time to, to work on it. But I, do, I agree with you. But I, I do I agree. But I do agree, like they do need him out there and, and give him the time like they did on Wednesday for him to get better. All right. It's not gonna be overnight, but but as time goes on, he'll get better and he'll get comfortable on the mic. And then eventually we'll start complaining about him. But um, I just thought to to add on to this, um, it was such a a big turnaround from the crap that was last week with Tony Schiavone doing a very Botchamania-esque fall, Yuta getting booed out of the building and stumbling over his words against MJF. So I'm not good on the mic, but a good recovery. George, but Joey, hey, I'm, happy that, I'm happy that you were able to find something good out of that. Yeah. <laughs> well, the rest of us yep. were able to pick Wasn't there oh, one yeah. line that you had said something about Joey from Yuta uh, during that? I, I think I said it. It was a, it was about the sports team line where he just ad-libbed and said, oh, there's MJF talking no, about no, no, it. No, 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 no. There was one more line. Uh, I have no idea. Uh, something uh, bloody in Brooklyn or something, uh, Brooklyn Street. I you don't remember the line? Sure. Probably, it's probably on Broad Street. Broad Street, thank you. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'll leave you uh, bloody on Broad Street or whatever the fuck you said. I thought that was Yeah, the, bad, uh, bad things happen in Philadelphia. And yeah. uh, it was something related to Broad Street, I believe, but I'm not entirely too sure. sure. Don't quote yeah. me on that. I'm, I'm surprised you didn't quote that instead of uh, the sports thing. But, yeah. Uh, steps better for sure in his, his regards. But, um, I don't know. Him versus MJF is a tall uh, tall task, especially when it comes to the mic. But, yeah, he, yep. he, he did a good job. Uh, George, go ahead. All right, so I do have a uh, small addition to the chef's kiss that uh, a lot of people may not have seen here. Um, so MJF, um, apparently either during one of the commercial breaks or possibly right before the show, I think, might have been the transition from dark matches to the main show, um, they put uh, MJF up on the, t- on, the, uh, on the video thing and to piss off the Philly fans sang the Mets fight song. Which, if you know anything about the Phillies and the Mets, um, they don't really like each other that much. And, uh, yeah, him doing that was just a nice little way to, you know, get everybody a little salty on them. So that's I'm just going to add just that nice little seasoning to the chef's kiss uh, for MJF there. Thank you very much. Bobby, our, our combo is a bit different this week. Um, right. It actually involves our OG chef's kiss in Seth Rollins. Bobby, can you set this up for us? Yeah, um, this week he had an interview with um, Ariel Kalani. And um, Joey, now I know you're, you're not, you've been very critical with Seth in the past, especially when he comes off in, the, in these type of interviews. And, um, I, and me and you both agree, this interview, he came off very well. And there was a couple of key points that he mentioned in this interview, and I'll let you break it down from there. Yeah, and one thing to add, though, too, um, my big critique with Seth in, in terms of his, like, over-supporting nature of the company, look, whatever, company guy, but he, he, he can get a bit too overboard, especially online in the past, which we've seen and noticed. He, he's been good, better as of late with keeping his mouth shut when he needs to, but a couple highlights from this 36-minute interview, a long one, I will admit, but worth your time to even just have on in the background. Uh, firstly, he, this guy still, even though he's been a multi-time world champion, one in the main event of WrestleMania, 
He still struggles with huge confidence issues. And he's never really felt like the company's been fully behind him as the top guy. And when you think about it and look back to his time in the company, he's not really wrong in that sense. And so the fact that he still has a chip on his shoulder now that he's been in the company so long, so many main events, has has a child of his own, his own wrestling school, coffee shops in the Midwest. The fact that that guy is still driven by, that was really inspiring and cool to hear. Two other things that I noticed. Uh, one, he sent Vince McMahon a thank you, like, I, I love you quick voicemail. Since Vince is retired, he has not replied to that message. So Vince not in communication with that many people now, which I think surprised some people. Uh, Joey, to add on to that real quick, uh, yep. Mick Foley on, on his podcast mentioned something similar where he, he messaged Vince after he retired and, and, and got nothing back. Yeah. So, so I, I feel like Vince has his few pets, like John Cena and Roman, Brock, Undertaker, sure. and, and, and The Rock. And everybody else is just off to the side, which sure. is a shame because a, a lot of these guys really look up to Vince. In this interview, he's, he's a father figure in the interview. Correct. Yep. Yeah. Uh, something else, a couple other quick hits for this is that he admitted that Mox, John Moxley, and Roman Reigns are much closer to one another than he is to either of them, which I thought was unique. And lastly, the big thing that I really think is going to springboard into the White Rabbit. Bray Wyatt was talked about for at least five minutes in this segment. And Seth even said something that I think most of us here could agree with. No one came out of a Bray Wyatt feud better besides Bray Wyatt ever. Every feud that he had on the main roster, the guy was not elevated or who he was feuding against ended up being worse. And that was the argument that Seth made. Um, he talked about that debacle of a Hell in a Cell match um, and said it was neither of their call. They fought tooth and nail for it. And he said Bray himself is a hard character to work with, but he likes Wyndham the guy. And just this raw honesty and the composure that Seth showed, even talking about his crazy suits, I just thought it came off super duper well. Not as hilarious or funny as an MJF interview as of ladies are making the interview circuits if you need to chuckle. But Seth came off, Colby Lopez, whatever you want to call him, came off as a really, really great, interview here so top notch to that bob anything to add for how he came off in just the interview um everything you said i agree um just one little thing you guys recall when that one fan came out and, and attacked him yes yes yeah so he mentioned he brought, him yeah the he brought up how he kind of has ptsd from that now and he kind of keeps his head on a swivel when he comes out um yeah, but kinda... even now, though, but, but but even now, he said he kind of felt feels sorry for the guy because he heard the backstory about how this fan got catfished out of money, and the yes. fact that he's whether he believes that or not, but could actually say that in an interview and not be like that guy's a maniac. I hope he never comes to his show again. Really composed by Seth, so props to him. Absolutely. Um, other than that, that was a great interview, and again, I'm happy that you were able to to find another side of Seth and be like, huh, he, you know, he's not a complete piece of shit. I never thought he, he was a scumbag. I just thought that the guy was, he had his head up his, his behind for so long uh, about the company and the fact that to see him in this mode was a nice change of pace for me. But well, then Joe, you can kind of see why with this interview, right? Why what to clarify, Bob? Oh, well, like the way he came off, like, it, cause again, he always played sec second fiddle, right? 
Oh, 100%. Look, I love guys that have that chip on their shoulder. I love it. Cool. Well, uh, again, that's our combo chef kiss for the week, fellas. Um, if you guys have any of your own chef kiss, go ahead and... Uh... For a couple of chicken bones to pick up the scraps as we go to bone to pick. Luigi Primo. Luigi Primo, yes. Definitely Luigi Primo, I think, is the only thing we can all agree on. Uh, yes. I didn't really have anything that I would have liked to bring up uh, in a positive light this week, so... Oh, let's uh, go straight to Bone Pick then, huh? Bone to Pick, cue the fucking title card! There it is, look at it! All right, uh, who wants to start? Uh, George, George is asking us if, if his Bone to Pick is eligible for uh, uh, receiving here, so why don't we just hear it anyways? <laughs> Thanks, Chad. Uh, yeah, so I have a very, I have a non-wrestling-related Bone to Pick. Um, That's a first. It, that is yeah. a first for Do the Move. It is definitely a first for do the move, and this actually could go twofold if I really wanted to. Um, but so I'll, you know what, fuck it, I'm going to do two of them because why not? Um, shout outs to Joe for that one. Um, so I got two bones to pick. First is with Spot Hero. Um, so for those who don't know, I attended a uh, show on uh, Tuesday night with uh, our with good friend of the podcast Joe uh, Lugnut Sub on Twitch. Um, he and I went, uh, to see, uh, Trash Taste Live. Uh, we booked a parking spot on Spot Hero. When we arrived, the spot was taken. Um, there were only a couple of spots available and it was taken. So I was a little pissed about that. Could not find another spot. Ended up having to park on the street and use the parking meter. That kind of sucks. So that, so I got a little bit of a bone to pick with Spot Hero for not managing those spots properly. Uh, second bone to pick is with the Vic Theater in Chicago, Illinois. Um, so when me and Joe attended this event, uh, they had put out some folding chairs for everybody to sit on. Unfortunately, they are not your good wrestling style metal folding chairs uh, that can, you know, take a good headshot and whatnot. No, these are those like really discount plastic folding chairs that don't have any back support like on the butt. Um, you know, the ones are probably about 10 bucks at freaking Kmart or something. And I'm going to use Kmart specifically on this one, not even Walmart good enough. And that's a very, that's, there's your Chicago take. Uh, so these chairs were not only cheap as shit, um, they are not weight supporting. And, uh, for those of you who know me, I'm not exactly the smallest guy in the world here. So as I'm sitting in my chair at the Vic theater, my chair collapses under me as I'm sitting in it and I go down like an atomic drop on the floor. <laughs> Luckily I was not injured. Thankful, you know, and I was able to hop into a seat in front of me. Cause like five seats in front of our row were uh, available that nobody showed up for. Um, the show itself was great. Love that show, but Jesus Christ, Vic theater, get your shit together with the chairs. You know, that, that's just unacceptable. If I'd actually gotten hurt, I probably would have, you know, been on the phone with a lawyer the next day. But that was, I was so pissed about that. But anyway, you know, it's, you know, it's because I'm sitting dead center in the middle of the, in the audience. And all of a sudden I go down that just, that it's, it's embarrassing, you know, especially for, I, uh, sorry, I don't want to ramble on too much about that. I know we got wrestling related matters to handle, but I just had to point that one out. So I, you know, I'll make it wrestling related wrestling promoters. If you're doing a show anywhere, get good chairs, treat your audience well, and we will treat you well back. All right. That goes for not just wrestling, but for any show. 
All right, I'll let you. I'll let whoever wants to take it take. I need to put a uh, a match card together, George versus folding chair. I think that would that'd be wild. That's yeah, shitty as fuck, like, though. I would be so fucking mad <laughs> if I got into a chair and it fucking collapsed on me. That's like. That's like the jackass skit where they go on like those cheap fucking like plastic chairs and they kick the legs out. Like that's some bullshit. Oh, it is. Th- <laughs> Bobby knows what I'm talking about. The, the worst part about it, it wasn't like oh it wasn't God. like this was like it, it didn't collapse like right away where like I sat down and it collapsed. No, I was on this chair for probably a 45 minutes and it's slowly sinking and I could feel it slowly sinking and, co- and spreading out under me. And I know it's going to go. And I said to Joe right before it happened, I'm like, dude, I need you to help me get out of this chair before I fall. And sure enough, I fell. And it sucked. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. It was the worst. But anyway, um, enough of that. Enough of my hurt. <laughs> enough of my butt hurt. Uh, who else has got some bone to pick? I have so many bones to pick. They all stem from last week's podcast. Uh, first and foremost, I have it with the podcast. I got about three bones to pick with y'all. The WWE discussions, that includes Raw, NXT, and SmackDown, they were only held for 15 minutes. Because none of us watched minutes. the shows, as we said in the podcast, if you listen to the podcast. 15 minutes, though. I did listen to the podcast, and yet 15 minutes is still 15 minutes too short. There was so more interesting things to talk about. <laughs> Again, if we watched that. the shows, if we actually going. had time to watch the shows, we would have talked about it more. But if we didn't, we went through the card, and that was it. Shame on you guys for that stuff. Anyway, anyway, number two, the Bobby Fish hate. What the fuck, guys? Why? Just why? Uh, this guy. Why, why is there hate? Every motherfucker. Because it's fun. Because <laughs> I, I honestly defend what he tries honestly, to do. I, I did Bobby Fish. I'm not going to lie. I, I like him. All right? That's all I'm going to end it with that. Uh, number three, not talking about April Mendez's success outside of WWE, by the way. She's a producer and commentator for Women of Wrestling, WoW's promotion. You know, that promotion exists as well. So, uh, to thank be you fa- guys for not mentioning that. To be fair, I don't think any of us were aware of it. Uh, I was aware. I'm sorry. I'm, I, I, I'm sorry. Of I know I'm of WoW. I don't watch it, but okay. I'm I'm sorry. You better be. George, I'm glad you didn't get hurt, but I got so many bones to pick with you as well, too, buddy. Suggesting we bring back the Monday Night Wars and making people choose between AEW and WWE when AEW specifically said that they were going to be an alternative and not direct competition. The Monday Night Wars had their time in the sun. It's over. It's done with. We don't need it anymore. The Wednesday Night Wars didn't mean shit because nobody watches TV the way they do or the way they used to. Nielsen ratings don't mean shit. So let's just pack it up about that. And you said also Impact is being a dying promotion where wrestlers are going to die? Uh-uh, not based on what I'm seeing on their cards recently. I mean, Josh Alexander is fantastic. Brian Myers, phenomenal. Masha Slamovich, Killer Kelly, all these people having sort of a career renaissance when it comes down to that. And so then you signed, I, I and you signed 45-year-old that. Bobby Fish, who was probably going to be in the main, main event of <laughs> yeah. the promotion. Yeah, Bobby Fish is also Bob, a very good. He's also a very good wrestler. He's a great yeah, entertainer. You know, the reason the reason Bobby Fish is in Impact Wrestling is because WWE wouldn't take him back. Bobby Fish went to Impact to die. I stand on that ground. Hey man, 
Hey man, you, you stand on whatever grounds there are and maybe it won't impact like the chair you sat on. But anyway, George, you straight up buried impact. So, you know, the next time I see you, I might have to smack you around a little bit, but that's about it. And you Try also it. call Tuesday a dead night. You also call Tuesday a dead night. NXT. NXT is on night. Not right. the real NXT. NXT. Is on that this night. Is Not the real NXT. Term, by the way, we've all been waiting for. Oh, <laughs> hi, Joey. Nice to see you there, bud. Well, I got bones to pick with you too, because here's my bones to pick with you. Both you and Chad hating on Axiom. Probably because you were bad I only at math think, in school. Oh, no, no, no. Probably no. because you were bad at math. All right. Anyway. I hate on Axiom because it's literally a shitty car extended warranty company name. It is a unoriginal name. Get a fucking grip. All right. His gimmick is terrible. He was good as a kid. Didn't have to change his gimmick. He's a good in ring. Nah, nah. I disagree. I like Axiom a lot. I like him a lot. I didn't really watch a kid too much because I fell behind on NXT UK. But Joey, the bones don't stop there because I disagree with your decision on basically the Hayes and Chase U decision uh, where Carmelo Hayes got rolled up by Andre Chase. I actually like that a lot because it makes Hayes doubt himself in terms of a character. Like if we're talking in character, it makes Hayes doubt himself in order to get to the North American title match for that ladder match at Halloween Havoc, whereas it spurs Chase U on to pursue bigger things. Like I think Andre Chase is going to be in a North American championship uh, contenders match against Von Wagner uh, this coming Tuesday. So, I mean, that's one little uh, disagreement I had there with you. It's not necessarily a big old bone to pick, but then, then the unnecessary gender hate came in. So for that, I just got to say, fuck you, Joey. That's all. That's, that's who, all my bones who, to who pick. Who besides Brian enjoyed uh, Ginger Mahal's title reign? <laughs> Anybody Who didn't enjoy gender, honestly. I really enjoyed gender. Brian, I you're really enjoyed the one this whole night. Let me just say that. Do you know what? I'm perfect with that. I'm fine with that. Jesus honesty. Christ, Ginger Mahal's y'all, y'all no need sense. to expand your horizons and suspend your disbeliefs a lot more. Because we need here to control this madness. <laughs> Chad, hit that mute All button right, for the love of God. Uh, we're gonna move on to the end Please. of the show here. Please. Um, I don't even know what the fuck to say to that, but we'll, I just uh, say Luigi Primo, we love you. We'd love to interview Luigi you. Primo, make a best pizza in New York. How about that? Uh, just like do the move. Please right? come on our show, Luigi Primo. Uh, Charlie Sheen, you also. Uh, we we got to get some some independent. Uh, I need to reach out to our independent talent um, within the local area to get them on the podcast. Charlie Sheen, you're also welcome anytime, bud. We we just need to get to an independent show with a microphone and a camera. Yeah, I mean we we we've been to a couple. But, yeah, but, did, yeah. but did you bring a microphone and a camera? Well, yeah, jo- uh, jo- um, John did. Okay, fair enough. He does have the microphone. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, we, we got to start reaching out to I, – I can do that. I'll, I'll reach out to a couple of local talent, and we'll get them on the pod. Well, all right, kids. We're going to end the show here. Uh, my <laughs> name's Chad. We had George, Richie Buckets, Bob, Joey, and the always enthusiastic Brian. Um this is episode number 12. Uh, make sure you like and subscribe to us on YouTube. Uh, we're also on Spotify, Amazon, Apple Podcasts. Um, you're following live with us on Twitch every Sunday, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, just added a link tree to our main socials so you can click and follow us on our main uh main platforms there uh i just got episode 11 of the podcast uploaded to your podcasting platforms it's also on youtube uh so try to get everything uploaded here again tonight 
anybody, anything real quick they want to add before we uh, sign off? Shout out to Luigi Primo. Thank you, Joey. I can't believe we're mentioning Luigi Primo more on this show than we did Antonio Inoki. I yeah, it's pretty pretty sad. Uh, I miss I miss Antonio Inoki already. In all honesty, when I heard the news, I was very distraught about it. But you know, I mean, it's we lost a legend, guys. It sucks. We're we're getting to that point where we're gonna start losing a lot more legends. But until that day comes, Inoki, we miss you, buddy. All right, kids. Uh, it's been a blast. Uh, stay tuned for more uh, content from us here. Uh, hopefully get the group together to watch some uh, impact here uh, in the next week or so. Uh, again, my name's Chad with Do The Move. Uh, do The Move. Do The Move, everybody. Do The Move. Do The Move. Feed your head. Catch you all next week.